The following is a presentation of Dating Kinky, Kinky Connections, and Kinky Education. We're kinky, done differently. what women and other wonderful humans want. A frank and fun discussion about the way people approach each other for romance, relationships, friendships, or other partnerships that make us happy, as well as an intimate discussion about how to connect with our own authentic self. With questions asked by a guy. And now here is your host, John, or as we call him around here, hi there, catsuit. Hello there, Nookie, and welcome to What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want, presented by Date and Kinky. I am John, also known as Hi There, Catsuit, and it's great to have you along with us as we start the month of November. And we started off with a former mainstream model and actress who has now brought her talents to the adult industry in an absolutely amazing way. Mistress Erica XXX credited as Erica Ryko in adult entertainment for a number of years, is getting back to business after a long hiatus. She's a very versatile performer from hardcore, fetish, and BDSM. But before she entered the adult world, she was in the mainstream entertainment business as a writer, actor, producer, and photographer. This, after starting out as a model, she had to reinvent herself and eventually working in a pro-dungeon sanctuary LAX. After doing cam work for kink.com, she's gotten back into the industry with fresh content. She's been a podcaster, a producer, a dominatrix, a cam model, and a feature performer. And now she joins us on what women and other wonderful humans want. It's five questions about memorable firsts. We call it the first five. And as always, we start with the first five, five questions about first with Mistress Erica, credited as Erica Ryko. How would you like to be referred? You know, it's really weird because uh, as I mentioned, when I was co-hosting on Triple X Porn Star Radio and when I was getting into things, you know, prior, um, the one thing in the BDSM world, and I think our, our time slot, we really focused in more, not on just porn, but BDSM uh, content or, you know, or at least the subject matter mm-hmm. rather, but we would actually, we would actually shoot actually some of the live radio shows. We do like a sounding <laughs> scene or something. And um, so we, I, I think we really uh, brought something to the table and it's kind of like, now that I've kind of, you know, ventured off into the hardcore aspect of that industry, and, and there's a lot, there's a big, uh, I think that there's a very long backstory to that, you know, and it really needs, it needs explaining, and I don't want to like go 
off from one subject matter to the other, like, because this situation happened that brought me here to here and to here. But I think well, let, me, it- let me ask this question then. First time you ever referred to yourself as Mistress Erica, and what was the situation? I had gotten into um, the BDSM and I'd been around it a little bit. I had an ex who was, you know, big on the scene and um, being referred to as mistress was kind of like an empowering thing. I think it was something that I kind of thought it kind of fit a little bit. Um, I, I, I thought it was quite apropos and, and certainly we would be at certain um, uh, play parties or fetish balls and whatnot. And I, I would be dressed up in the whole leather and, and that whole garb. And, you, you know, where it's, that's the part where I think people think, oh, this thing is really dark, you know? And because they, they look at the visual of it. They don't look at the, uh, they don't, they can't get past uh, the visual of it, if that makes sense. First time you ever set foot in the sanctuary and your emotions at that time? At, at that time, it was quite a few years back and it was still the Passive Art Studio. Mm. And I got to know John who, who owned it. And I, got, I, I would go into his office and play with Coda the, the Wolf. And I don't know if you know the backstory of what happened to that, but it was it was um, it was very uh, brutal, and and I, I'd been I'd been there maybe uh, maybe about a month or two prior to it, and so my ex calls me up. My friend's driving me to the airport, and uh, I was like, "Oh my god, I, I can't believe it." For those of us who don't know the backstory, can you give us the Reader's Digest version? Pretty much. Um, he had fired an employee who had worked the door and he, I guess this employee had been creeping out some of the girls who worked there and some of the people, uh, you know, at their play parties and they, and, and, you know, like sanctuary LAX, they, um, they would have the play parties and different things where people, you know, could do their scenes and, and, uh, some people who may be experimenting and, uh, I guess he was going to try to get his job back and something didn't work out. I, I don't know, but he, he, he shot John and he shot mm-hmm. the dog and, you know, he started torching the place. And when they found him, he was hiding in a bush and he said that he'd been hit by a vehicle, but the injuries were not consistent with that. So, Wow. Well, that's really a testament to why we need safe spaces to do what we do. That's for darn sure. First time you ever set foot on a mainstream movie set and your emotions looking at that. The first time I was just there and um, I, ha- I had an ex who, you know, we were together for a while and, um, you know, it was, it was the set of Casino. And so I, I kind of learned a lot about that. And I have a lot of stories, but, um, and that was a time when I was a mainstream model and, um, much younger, but uh, I, I, I knew that I kind of wanted to get into that direction. And I, and I knew that I kind of wanted to have a lot of control over what I do. And, and that's why a lot of us want to become producers. And um, they say down the road, be careful what you wish for, because uh, you just may get it. And, you know, after a certain time period, it, um, it happened. And looking back on it, 
I would not want to do it. I would not want to go back to it. And after, uh, you, you know, what happened the other day, it's, I, I, I've been, I've actually, actually reconnected with a lot of former colleagues um, that I haven't talked to in a while and, and going, my God, you know, what do you make of this? When, you know, what happened on that set? And, and as we are recording this, it was a couple of days after the Alec Baldwin incident on the set of Rust. So people kind of can have the full context of it. Mm-hmm. Oh God, it, it's it, it's such a heartbreaking story. I mean, um, you know, with her being such a rising star, and and you know, pretty much for you know a cinematographer, you know, at that period, you know, their career is really just taken off, and. Uh, I think when I first got the news at first, I was like, God, how, how, how can two people actually get shot on a set? And why was a live round on there? Mm-hmm. First time you ever saw one of your proofs as a model and what you thought of how you looked. Again, I was kind of amazed and I was like, do I really look like that? Um, because, you know, you're under some of the best lighting and, um, in those days, they would do a lot of airbrushing. That was Photoshop in the 90s, you know, or at least, you know, the earlier 90s. And yeah, there were, there were some times I was allowed to look at, you know, some of, you'd have a gem loop and, and you would see some of the stuff. And, and now it's all digital, you know, it saves us. And me, I myself being a photographer, I, I, I love it. I can never go back to film. I'm glad I learned on film, but I can never go back to it. First time you ever shot a hardcore scene and were you apprehensive at all not at all because I I think by the time that I had shot my first hardcore scene I'd been around in the world and I'd also performed on stage where I I performed the girl girl strap on scene and I think doing that in front of a crowd um, it was mixed with BDSM and, and I was the subby and, and um, it was a really hot scene. It was with a couple of other house doms, Bella Bathory, who's, you know, gone on to, you know, fame working with, um, I forgot the company, I'm having a brain freeze. Um, uh, a lot of femdom stuff, a lot of cuck stuff. And uh, it was, it was a really intense scene. It was a very cathartic scene. And it was, it was, I'd been working there. I'd, I'd been having a lot of problems with, you know, my ex and, um, you know, my mom had just passed. And, and so the, it, I, I think that's kind of the epitome of what, a, you know, a scene is like when you're, when you're kind of, it should be therapeutic in a lot of ways too, I think. And, and as a Dom, I understand that I'm, I'm branded a, a switch in, in, in the BDSM world. And, I think that that what gives me so much insight that I can pass on is is that I know I know what it's all about and and not to get too far off and and you'll hear a lot of male doms say this well I'm a male dom I, I don't bottom and there's there's a lot of femme doms that would rather you know kill, throw their mom under a truss a truck than than bottom but I think having that same understanding, if I get a new pair of floggers, I want to know what it feels like, you know, and, and to be used on me. So I know what it is. And if you don't know where to take, uh, your, you know, your partner or whoever you're doing the scene with, how do you know if you've never experienced subspace? 
you know, and I, I think that's something in the aspect of BDSM, they, you know, I, I've said for many years or as long as I've been around it, that it's, it's, it's like classical jazz, you know, you kind of have to understand it and learn it before you can, can, you know, get the meaning of it. There are no two sides to, mm-hmm. there are two sides to every scene. There's two sides to every camera. And we're going to talk a little bit about both of those things when we return on What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want. This is Alicia Zadig, author of the new book, Yes, Mistress. I'm also Mistress Alicia, a leading dominatrix and BDSM expert. My book, Yes, Mistress, takes you on a provocative, eye-opening journey into the erotic worlds of kink, fetish, and female domination. Join me for a fascinating conversation. Male submission is more common than you think and more rewarding than you can ever imagine. Yes, Mistress is available now on Kindle, and you can pre-order your copy at yesmistress.com. Have you ever wanted to try something a little kinky in the bedroom but had no idea where to start? Or maybe your partner just told you they're into water sports. No, not the jet ski kind. And you really want to fulfill their fantasy, but you're nervous. That's totally normal. I'm Kate Sloan. I'm a sex journalist who's talked about kink in magazines like Cosmo, Playboy, and Glamour, and on my podcast, The Dildorks. My new book, 101 Kinky Things Even You Can Do, is a guide to some of the hottest and best-known kinks out there, from age play to zapping and everything in between. Each section offers three suggestions for ways you can try out your new interest with a partner or even by yourself. Curious? Order your copy now at 101kinkythings.com and start learning new things about your sexuality. Hello, I'm Jesse Sage from Peep Show Media. Peep Show Media is a multimedia magazine bringing news and stories from the sex industry. Be sure to check out our website at peepshowmedia.com for essays, porn reviews, events, interviews, news stories, and more. Also, make sure to listen to our podcast, The Peep Show Podcast, anywhere you get podcasts. And for a bit more of a personal glance into my life, make sure to check out my January 15th interview on what women and other wonderful humans want. We invite you to follow us on social media. Check us out at What Women Want P1 on Twitter, What Women Want Podcast on Instagram, and for our kinky friends on FetLife at WWW Podcast. And now back to this episode of What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want. Welcome back to the show where we are joined by Mistress Erica XXX, also credited as Erica Rico in the porn world. And I want to actually get back to the days that you got to work as a professional dominatrix. What was your first indication that you were kinky in your life? Um... I, I think I've always been sexual. I think I've always been experimental in a lot of ways. And I knew that, when, you know, once I got in, got my foot in and I, you know, a lot of, a lot of the girls, when I, you know, when, when I walked in, they were, you know, they were seasoned and, you know, been well-trained and I kind of rushed it a lot. And the thing 
you know, a belt that was my, you know, my ex did, did not want me to bottom, you know, wanted this big, bad Darth Vader Nazi-like dyke. And I think um, at that time, I was almost like set up to fail almost because I had these high expectations, like right off the back, I, I you know, I got to be this, this super Dom. And there's a lot that you have to learn. And, and, and I, I was so glad that certainly that, group of doms that were coming up, you know, like Mistress Cara, you know, Bella Bathory or um, uh, Baroness Kitty, who, um, and many of the, we, you know, remain friends, even though a lot of us are more spread out now, you know, and then you have a whole, like, you have a whole new, newer crop of people coming in there now. You talked about how your ex wanted you to be one way. When did you finally determine the direction you wanted to go and the direction that would make you happy. I think I think when I started experimenting and and because I I know like he was like behind closed doors or or even, but even a lot of times you know behind closed doors he he wanted to be the little bitch you know and and um but I I think once I I started getting out there and and seeing what I like and and you know how I react and I know my body and I know what my body reacts to and what will stimulate. And so when I got there, I, um, I was like, yeah, I, I think it's a switch. It works for me. And, and, and I think also the fact that I am is what's really helped me, you know, make that move even into hardcore. I think I was, if I was like a full on Dom, if I was like a, um, you know, like a snow mercy or, or somebody like that, then um, I think, I think that's kind of hard to do. Some can do it. Um, but you know, like like the old guard people have this thing where um, you're a mistress, you're a goddess, you know, and you can't be um, uh, penetrated, as they say. And it's like, look, and, but then there's like, I have fans who have seen me, of me as a dom, and, and it's like, they've seen me in a hardcore scene, and it's kind of like mistress is having her fun right now. And I think that's how some of them look at it. Not like, oh my God, I've kind of broken that fourth wall here you know that I'm not supposed to be doing it you know and you know I'm not a Is Isabel Sinclair I'm not um you know some of these others and and um you know Hudson Hawn I mean they have their own brand and um I think I do what works for me and to do do my own little gimmick and whether it's um you know the switch because I think it comes out great when you're doing the submissive stuff you can open up artistically when you when you're collaborating and, and and then sometimes you know just go back to the um uh the thing that got you there mm -hmm. and start trying that and how much of your poise and charisma from being a model helped you inside the dungeon i think it helped a lot and the fact that i was already uh, 43 when i got in there that I'd been around a lot. And so I thought, okay, but it, it, you're going to have some challenges. And, um, but I kind of fell into it. I got along pretty well. And, and um, I, because the first day that I got in there, you know, it, it, it's, I said this yesterday that it's like your first day of school. How are you going to be accepted in this place? And you go into the women's lounge and 
you know, get ready. And, and like that first day after I just gotten into and, um, my uniform and that day I, I was going with the black latex it's like you know it's make that good first impression when you do it and you know then you were having the lineup and in a lot of these girls you know they're already well known on social media and so it took me it took me a few days before I finally booked a client but it was like, okay, that's like the milestone. And I think I still have like the first, I think the first 10 spot from the tip or whatever. I don't know. Man. You know, and, and, and it's at the same time, as I said, I was writing a script about this and the guy looked like um, across, you know, well, they kind of look the same as, as Ron Paul and Marshall Applewhite. If you remember Marshall Applewhite, you know, he was a religious leader of that cult. Well, he looked just like that. And it was, it was right near opening time and that particular day. And, you know, he was just sitting there uh, matter of factly, like, I'd like to have my, I'd like to be, have my bottom reddened. And, and, you know, he wanted to wear his, his patent leather pumps and, you know, it's like, cool, you know, because I, I think when, you, when you're at that point, you have to have an understanding, you know, of it. And um, yeah, the scene went pretty well. And Cause yeah, clients will come in there like, you know, as soon as they open, but you know, whether it's 11 o'clock in the morning or whatnot. But. When you're standing there for the lineup mm -hmm. in your black latex, are you scared or do you feel like you're wearing an armor where nothing can, as the goddesses and the mistresses say, and nothing can penetrate you? Or was this, there's a little bit of vulnerability there that is going, I can do this. I can do this. I think it's a combination of a lot of things because it, it, it's like all of a sudden you're in this like new world. And um, there's part of me that has that confidence. Like I'm going to walk in and act because look, I've already been, I'd already done the whole red carpet at can thing, you know, so it can't be, but so bad, you know, and, and, uh, and, with, you know, and, and, where I was at previously and, and like doing film festivals, doing a Q and A in front of a theater, in, in a theater, you know, in front of the audience and, and whatnot, doing theater. So walking in, it was kind of like, I'm thinking, I, I, I want to see how well I'll do in this one and, and see who they pick, you know, and, and what people are looking for. And, um, but it went on a few lineups and, and again, you know, when, you, when you're, you know, relatively unknown and, and, you're basically starting over and when you're doing that and uh, you're reinventing yourself and you're going, well, okay but yeah there, I, I think there's times when you know you know you see some of the other girls and you're like okay how can I stack up against them you know what do you what do they have that um gives them that edge or you know and there's some girls you know they seem to do very well you know they'll score and and so sometimes it's just, you know, are you working the right shift, you know, and sometimes I would do that too. I would work different shifts and see what would work too. Would it be the evening shift or would it be the morning shift? And... You have an incredible look about you. Thank you. I'm kind of like messy right now, but. And even though you're messy right now, you have a confidence with your short hair, mm -hmm. with a very attractive face but also very powerful 
Mm-hmm. You come off as somebody that you don't want to mess with. <laughs> I mean, I, I see that smile there mm-hmm. as we do have video when we actually do the interview so I can see yeah. my subject. Exactly. But the pictures that you sent me, including one that was just this very dark outfit, mm-hmm. you looked about as badass as somebody can look. <laughs> I oh, would think you. that that would be something that men would go, yeah, that's the kind of person I'd like to be able to have this connection with. I think, um, um, yeah, you know, and it goes back to, you know, when I look, when I look at the work for the first time and I go, oh my God, you know, do I, you know, do I look like that? And yeah, I think I do because, you know, I've, I've been, again, I, th- I think where I'm at now, it's a combination of everything of life's experiences and, um, you know, and, and even, even now I've embraced my age, you know, and, and which is part of it. And uh, Beth will tell you the same thing. And, and so along with that, I think that uh, after all of your experiences, you do have that aura of confidence that says, Hey, you know, I can do this and, uh, I can accomplish that. And, and believe me, there were, there were times where, Hey, you know, it's like, I didn't have that, you know, or, um, you know, if you want to talk about, you know, being vulnerable, yeah, there's times where, um, yeah, you know, where, where it's like, I don't know if I can pull this off, you know, and then, then other times it's, it's after the experiences and everything. And it's like, okay, you've been through this. I, I think this can be a piece of cake now, a cakewalk. What's the best part of being the age you are and what's the worst? I think the best part is that I, I have the experience and I don't feel all that old and, and, but yet, you know, there's sometimes I, I do feel, you know, like run down and I train very hard to, you know, particularly to keep myself limber for like, say rope suspensions and, and cause I do a lot of bondage stuff too. And that's the thing, you know, as, as long as I can pull everything off, uh, I'm game, you know, the day that I start parroting myself, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to hit the road, you know, and, and that'll be that. Um, but, um, I, yeah, I, I would say, yeah, the, the worst part is, you know, I, I do have, you know, a few, you know, arthritic issues and stuff. And, um, but other than that, I, I, I feel as good as I've ever been. I, I think I'm in better shape now than I was say maybe even 10 years ago. And, and, um, 10 years ago, I, I was working, on a Belgian film that I, that I, that I did, you know, the part of the screenplay on and some of the concepts and, you know, I was working in an office and, you know, long hours and, and uh, it was stressful and I was, you know, flying back and forth, you know, to LA and whatnot. And it was, um, I don't know if I'd want to, I, I could not do that again. Like I said, talking about pr- production, I don't think I could do that again. You know, and it's, it's, you may be collecting a paycheck and whatnot, but it, it's, you look at all the work and, and, you know, you're stressed about that. And, and it's like, where's the payoff on it? 
you use the word reinvent yourself. Mm-hmm. I can understand that. 35 <laughs> years in television myself, and right. then having it go away, being in front of the camera where people know me mm-hmm. to the point now where I'm not in front of the camera as much, but people are starting to know me for a different reason. If your 50-year-old self could tell your 20-year-old self something, what would be the most helpful thing you could tell your 20-year-old self? Um, stay away from the, uh, the clubs. Um, you know, stay, stay away from the sauce because uh, that's one thing that was my Achilles. And, um, I, you know, when somebody offers you uh, some recreational pharmaceuticals, mm-hmm. um, you know, fucking run, you know, and, and there's people that I met that maybe I wouldn't be at the point where I'm at if I didn't meet them. But there's at the same time, I go, God, I, I wish when I met that person, I just run, uh, you know, run my asshole to the parking lot and, and driven off. And, but yet it's brought me into so much. And again, everything about life's experiences and, you know, and, and, um, going back to that time period, um, you know, sometimes I did make the right decision. There was a big story. I'm, I'm not sure if you're familiar about uh, Peter Nygaard. He was a fashion um, um, company out, out of um, Canada. Mm-hmm. And he got busted for sex trafficking recently. But when I was out, out in LA in 2001 for pilot season, I had dinner at his house with a few other people. And I, I think the next several days, because I, I exchanged numbers, his girlfriend and I hit it off really well. And I kept getting these phone calls, you know, Mr. Nygaard would like to have you back over. And I was like, I was so busy. I had so many auditions the next day and I had to audit several headshot photographers the next day. I dodged the bullet. If you, when you get done, Google Peter Nygaard hmm. and you go, oh my God, the, the horror stories, you know, about uh, raping, you know, sexually assaulting models and everything like mm-hmm. that. And unfortunately it's the world that we live in. So I'm glad I dodged that bullet. But if I could, you know, definitely going back into my 20 something, um, I would say, yeah, be very careful be very careful who you associate with, because there's people that, um, you know, yeah, I, I associated with some people with very questionable character, but you know, in the end I learned my lessons and if I had avoided that, maybe I would have come across that at a later time. I know a lot of people at a later age that they, had, they very much still have a naivete, people who are older than me. And it's like, did you not, did you not fucking learn anything yet, you know, at your age? And, and I don't know, I've, I've been kind of street, so I've kind of learned a lot of things. And sometimes you kind of have to learn the hard way. You're going to have to learn through hard knocks. And once you've done that, I think you've conquered a lot. You brought up a term that I know very well, but the average person might not know, and that is pilot season. Can you explain, A, what that is for people who don't know, and B, what it's like to be an actress wanting to be a part of pilot season? It's very tough. Um, It's when a lot of actors come out from wherever from all over, European actors, um, actors from New York, actors from Chicago and uh, wherever. And they're all fighting to, you know, get the auditions, get into uh, a new pilot, and maybe that'll launch their career. 
you know, if the, if the pilot gets picked up, you know, the networks will order how many? 15, 20. And um, it, it, it's, it, it's beyond competitive. And, um, you know, you're lucky, you know, just, just to get into the auditions and everything. And, and then after the audition process, you know, whether you get a call back or not, and, you know, or then, you know, if you even, even if you make it as a day player, or if you make it as a, um, under five, how, however the formats are, and um, it's brutal. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, you know, you've been in TV, I don't have to tell you, but like for people listening out here that, um, it's, it, it's not that easy. People say, oh, you should be in pictures. You're so gorgeous. That's why a lot of people listen to it and then they come out here and, and what did I get myself into? And, and by the time that I had been in and out of here as a model, so I really wasn't living here in my 20s and I'm glad I didn't. You know, I, I think I've said a lot of things. I had a chance and I also had a chance to do hardcore in, in, in the early 2000s pre-piracy. And if I would have done it, I probably would have been a wreck um, and, and, and so forth. And I think you have to establish other things and um, whether, you know, doing theater, I'd done theater. So um, everything comes in its own, own time and everybody, everybody's journey is different. You know, some people, hey, when they grow up, you know, maybe, you know, I'd, when I did Triple X Porn Star Radio, I interviewed girls who were like 19 that started shooting hardcore. And, and at 19, I don't think that you really know what you want to do. And I don't think the brain is complete, completely developed too. I didn't, I didn't know shit when I was fucking 19 <laughs> to, to excuse my language here, but um, that's the honest to God truth is that I didn't know anything. <laughs> when I talked to Jamie Jett, who is mm -hmm. a mainstream porn actress out there mm -hmm. in Los Angeles. Uh, she was pitched to me by a PR agency. And I didn't quite know how to approach it because A, I'm not a big purveyor of what I would call mainstream porn. It's just mm -hmm. not, it's not my gig. Right. Um, but her intelligence struck me that she was and is so smart that she was able to navigate what she needs to navigate. You've got to have a certain amount of intelligence, even though somebody will say, yeah, that's just a dumb blonde, mm -hmm. but you've got to have intelligence to just survive in the industry, I would guess. I think so. I, I, I'm, I'm kind of lucky because I've, I've taken a lot of hiatuses and particularly in this time period, but even even in 2019, I would take my own little personal time off where, uh, you know, I have it, you know, with my, you know, with my family and everything like that. And it lets me regenerate. Um, I know some people are at it nonstop. And I think that can be, I, I think people need time to regenerate, but you do need it where you do, you, you know, you got to know what you're doing. So when I am doing it, I'm on the ball and I am probably about maybe six to eight weeks from shooting again after this long uh, layoff. And some a lot of people have been shooting a lot, even 
during that time period and you know whether getting in you know doing sessions again and and just regrouping the dominion out here in la is shutting the, its doors and and a lot of people who have dungeon rentals or you know shutting their doors because it, it shut down so much i've had friends who have you know lost their restaurants when i found out recently one of my friends back in toronto lost his restaurant after 31 years and I was so heartbroken. I used to go there for lunch all the time, you know, or do and, and dinner. And I would take my mom and go, look, I can, we'll go there. I don't need reservations or anything like that. And, and one of my other friends back there, they've been hanging on and they've been opening and, and, but it's really something where you see institutions going, oh my God, this one's not there any longer. And um, one of, one of my home dungeons, even in 2019, I was hosting an event bi-weekly and um, we would have adult stars, you know, and, and, you know, making appearances and, and it was, we had it brought through Eventbrite and that's no longer, and it was so heartbreaking to see on social media, all the furniture outside on the sidewalk and everything. And it was like, that was so grand and, and that's not there anymore. And uh, a lot, a lot, a lot of business models are going to be a lot different. Um, it's, it's been reshaping all during this time period, and it has leveled the playing field. If you look at, say, OnlyFans, um, it's given the talents um, a lot more formats, and and where they have control. I think that the process of reinventing oneself mm -hmm. can be one of two things. It can be a beautiful experience because you understand who you were really meant to be, or it can lead to a life of resentment from, I should have been able to do that. And now mm -hmm. I have to do this. And I say that from the experience of going from somebody who when I was very young, I was going to be featured in a primetime event and something happened where it got canceled because of all things, terrorists took over part of the event and it never happened. I can go back and just be totally upset of, well, that should have been me, mm. but here I am 58 years old, enjoying my life, feeling authentic. Have you had more opportunities for resentment or more opportunities of appreciation as you've reinvented yourself? Um, I think that I don't know if I resent now. I think there's times again where I said, Hey, this decision I made back then, what if I didn't make that decision? Where would I be here? Would that have saved me from a lot of stress? And then I go, at the same time, I've come to the re realization that everything happens for a reason. And so I think I'm right where I should be. And I think I, I put that out on my bio. Um, if certain things happened, 
um, I go, what if, what if, what if I was in that situation and well, maybe I wouldn't be in this position, say during these last eight or how year and a half, year and three quarters, whatever, and, and going, Hey, everything's kind of really worked out pretty good in the long run, you know, is, mm-hmm. is no matter how dark, um, that situation may look at the time. And there's been a lot of situations where I'm like, Hey, this is not good, you know? And, and, um, and then you go, Hey, you know, you look back in retrospect and, uh, everything worked out pretty good. I think, you know, I hope that pretty- makes sense, you know, and mm-hmm. definitely. Are you pretty happy now? I think I am. I, I think there's times where I, I mean, I think I am, you know, looking into the future and, and this year has been a brutal year. I think, you know, along, along with the pandemic, losing a member of my poly family and, and um, you know, uh, somebody who is, um, and, I, and, I, and I was that person's, you know, journey into the BDSM side as well, you know, and, and um, you know, both of us were, you know, in the last few years had been, you know, heavily onto the scene. And, and um, you know, I, I think that part, you know, because I have that missing, you know, void and, and uh, I think that's why I've taken a little bit more time before I start shooting again too, where it's like, okay, I need a little bit more time with my, you know, with my family and, and you know, just to regroup and gear myself up and, and um but now I'm, I, you know, being kind of motivated. And when, when Beth was out here, like a few weeks ago, I felt kind of like, you know, uh, I'm gearing up, but I mean, for a while it was like, okay, I'm going to shut everything down. And I was, I was really bad about, you know, like returning texts and, uh, you know, phone calls and everything, emails and everything. And, and I, I just worked and, you know, worked from home and, but I, I think, I think, you know, on the, on the whole, on, on, on the whole picture, the whole donut, not the whole in the donut. Uh, I, I would say that I'm fairly healthy. I mean, happy um, and healthy for that matter. Um, I, I think that you know, it, you know, when, you know, once the storm clears, you know, it's 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 one of those things where um, you know it's all good. Well, our weather forecast calls for a chance of looking into the future when we return on What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want. Hi, I'm Venus. I've been sharing my love for this beautiful relationship dynamic for, well, years now. And I am beyond thrilled to announce that finally there's a matchmaking service for single women and single men who want a loving cuckolding relationship. It's called Venus Connections. It's a personalized matchmaking service and three-week educational program that's safe, private, and individualized for what you want. Women, you no longer need to endure the headache of filtering through blank profiles and dealing with online creeps. And men, you can stop wasting time on those fake profiles and women with all sorts of ulterior motives. Venus Connections 
works for you to find what you want. You can learn more at venusconnections.com. That's venusconnections.com. You deserve the relationship of your dreams. Hi, this is Jane Boone, the author of the novel Edge Play. It's a revenge fantasy where the big short meets 50 shades of gray. Only the women wield the whips and the billionaires submit. You can find it at Amazon in paperback or for your Kindle. And be sure to check out my episode with Tara Indiana right here on What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want. Thank you. Hi, this is Rachel Leadham, aka The Conscious Masochist. I'm an author and sadomasochism integration mentor who encourages the mindful exploration of your dark side. I offer astrological birth chart readings to interpret your sadomasochistic blueprint through the clues found within your chart. You can learn more about my work, including the ebook Conscious Masochism, at my website, www.rachelleadham.com. And join us on Instagram at The Conscious Masochist. And be sure to check out my episode in the archives of What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want. Are you liking what you're hearing? Check out the Total Archives wherever you find your podcasts. And please, remember to subscribe so you don't miss a minute. And while you're there, help John out by giving him a rating and a review. We really appreciate your feedback. Now let's get back to what women and other wonderful humans want. Welcome back to the show. I'm John, also known as Hi There Catsuit, joined by Mistress Erica, otherwise known as Erica Ryko, if you're looking in the credits. And you've had many different credits in your life, both in front of the camera and behind the camera. Mm-hmm. With so many years behind the camera, does it make you appreciate what it takes when you appear in front of the camera? I do. I really do. And I, I like to have all the different aspects of it. And I think because, you know, at a younger age, you know, being on movie sets and, and um, definitely fascinated. And I'm also fascinated on how to create images. And, and I learned a lot about lighting. And yeah, I appreciate that. What is it about understanding all those different elements mm-hmm. that allows you to present yourself in a better way? Um, because it's all part of the, um, the package, you know, that, that I think makes me complete, you know, and, and, um, and, and I, I love where I become, I, I think it's all in all has made me a better person to begin with. Um, you, you know, if you'd have known me like 15 years ago, you would have hated me, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, you, you know, when you're, when you're this self-absorbed, uh, um, you know, producer and, and whatnot, and, and, uh, or, or as an actor, and and and, and it, it's it, there. There were times I was demanding, and and um, when I had people working under me, and and uh, sometimes you kind of have to be that way. But I, and I get it. I, I learned that, as, as you know, as I mentioned, be, you know, before is is that you know when you have a lot of people working under you, and and you're in charge of something, and and um. 
you know, who knows, maybe if I've, you know, done it later on and, and had more experience at it too, because there were times I was like thrown into the fire and, and you know, that's, that, that's not always, you know, so easy to do. And, and, Did yeah. you have an aha moment when you said, I've had enough of this, I need to do something different? I did. I really, really did. And the ironic thing is, is that I do have a mainstream film coming out as a comedy and I'd never done a con. Well, I kind of sort of, yeah, but, and, and here's the thing. And after all these years, um, the character is actually a, a, an asshole filmmaker, but I, I did get to show a really warm side. And the interesting thing was that when we were on set and this was, um, a couple years ago when we shot it and I was already host, co-hosting on Triple X Porn Star Radio. And after one of the days of shooting, I was performing on stage as a show where it was a mixture of heavy metal and, and performance art. And I was in, I was in that, that whole dominatrix gear. The next day I'm on, I'm on set and somebody was overlooking. And I, I, I said, yeah, you know, I, I did this like cavalry show and everything, but um, I was really careful because the only Instagram I have is my, um, the Erica one. I don't, mm -hmm. I don't have a vanilla one. Mm -hmm. And so I was really careful. I, I have a vanilla Facebook and I have a lot of people from my mainstream, you know, on it. And I've, I've been really careful, you know, and, and, you know, not to dox myself or I have a lot of, you know, the, the day will come, you know, be careful what you ask for. And then you got all these, uh, stalkers out you know outside the house <laughs> camped out and shit you know and you don't want to have that you know yeah where do you see yourself in five years in five years i may be working behind the scenes in this industry i don't know i think that depends on where the industry goes um i think i'll be working on my investments still like i'm doing now and and who knows, you know, maybe, uh, maybe I will. There, there's a lot of older women who are rocking it. I'll see if, if, if I have any enjoyment out of it too. I, I, I have to, because um, if, if it's draining on me, then, oh God, I got to be on the set, you know, and, and mm -hmm. I'm gonna have to get fucked, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> the moment that happens, I'm, 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 I'm out the door. And the same thing, you, you know, when, when, you know, when I worked in mainstream, there were times when I got, wait, when I got into the parking lot, say the studio, I would just sit in my car for about 20 minutes and go and, and finally after about maybe a half hour, 40 minutes, I'd finally go into the studio and say, all right, I'm ready. Okay. That kind of tells you something. That's definitely an aha moment. I'll throw that in there. And, but, um, as you get ready to start shooting again, what's the most exciting thing? Seeing people that I've been interacting with that I, I um, uh, and some of the people that I haven't seen in a while and um, a lot of people that I've interacted with and, and started, you know, planning things out with and, you know, conversing with. And I definitely look forward to that and, and seeing how far I can go now. Um, you know, again, just take the precautions. Um, I think I'll finally start traveling and maybe 2022 and maybe a Vegas run later in the year. 
but I definitely um, look forward to catching up with some people and um, I try not to fear the coronavirus, uh, but I do take a lot of um, a lot of precautions. And, and I think it goes without safe. saying that we all just want to be safe in whatever we do. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And you have to be. Yeah. Well, if people want to find you on those social medias or wherever you'd like to be found, how can they find you? They can find me um, on Twitter at Erica Rikes. It's E-R-I-K-K-A-R-I-J-K-S. And uh, I put a little bit of my Dutch heritage into that. <laughs> and um, um, same thing, you know, on Instagram, Erica Rikes, like I mentioned prior, and uh, Erica Triple X on OnlyFans and, and Erica Rikes as well at... Uh, um on facebook also mistress erica um i think in capital letters and it's it's on fetlife i hardly go on fetlife but i do check in off and on but you know i'm on twitter quite a bit now i'm very active and um and even you know even facebook they say facebook is you know um um, out of a style. mess it's a mess it's a mess you know <laughs> but you know and, and, and i do instagram and i think Instagram is really good. And I know Beth is the same way because it's, it's very vanilla. You know, I mean, she's, you know, very much um, she and her partner in, into the cats. I love them. They're cute. And uh, I, I do a lot of a lot of my photography, which is featured. I've had stuff in galleries before. And um, so I definitely put my artistic side. I, I throw a little bit of the um, the um, some of the fetish stuff, some of the BDSM stuff and and as much as I can get away with. There's actually one on there. If you scroll down far enough, it's from a show that I did right down the hill from where I live at. Called It's a club called Los Globos. And a lot of bands play there. And I was uh, performing with this metal band. And there's a picture of me with a ball gag in my mouth. <laughs> just being grabbed from behind, you know? And, and you, you would have thought that somebody would have flagged it, but, you know. So far, everything's going okay, and, and let's keep it up there. I, I find that to be very art, artsy, you know, and, and I, I do like, you know, I do find a lot of BDSM, like particularly rope, I find that very artistic. Mm -hmm. You know, there is some fetishy aspect to it, and, but it is a, um, the different patterns, and, and I'll say this thing that, this much that, that's one aspect that I really do look forward to improving on in the future you know, going back to classes now that people start are starting to um, come out of the woodworks, um, you know, and, and things are starting to regenerate again. And as a dominatrix, yeah, you do ha always have to improve on your skills um, by continuing going into classes. And, and that's the one thing as a rope top. Yes. And I do want to improve on that. And I, I do as a rope bottom. Yes, I, I enjoy the different patterns and, and some of the things that we have, uh, some of the stuff that I've, I've modeled that I think it's, you know, up there with a lot of bondage models. Well, I know for a fact that I'm looking forward to following your career as you, you. reinvent yourself yet again, but it seems like this time it's pretty much your authentic self. And that's a wonderful thing. It is. Thank you for having me. 
Very interesting conversation with Erica. What an amazing personality. She has had to reinvent herself so many times and she's come out for the better. Now I'm looking forward to seeing what this chapter in her life will bring and we'll definitely be following her work. That will do it for this edition of What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want, presented by Dating Kinky. Next week, we will delve into the world of adult boutiques with the owners of The Garden in Columbus, Ohio, and Lotus Blooms in Alexandria, Virginia. We're talking female-owned sex shops, how they're operated, the passion that goes behind them, and the people behind the scenes. A great look at a different part of the industry next week on What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want. Until then, I hope I've earned the privilege of your time. And I remind you to always remember consent and to love each other always. What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want connects with you. We invite you to follow us on social media. Check us out at What Women Want P1 on Twitter, What Women Want Podcast on Instagram, and for our kinky friends on FetLife at WWW Podcast. This has been a presentation of Dating Kinky. Kinky done differently.